0: Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series. Podcast episodes are available on many popular podcast hosting sites, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blueberry, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and at www.vhha.com. You can also hear episodes of the podcast each Saturday at noon on WJFN 100.5 FM in the Richmond area. Please send any questions, comments, or feedback to PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. Again, that's PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. And with that out of the way, today we are pleased to be joined by Dr. Laura McClellan, an associate professor in the VCU Department of Health Administration, who joins us today to discuss her recently published research paper on the importance of compassionate care culture in healthcare settings. Welcome to the program, Dr. McClellan.
1: Thank you so much for having me today.
0: It is our pleasure, and we appreciate you joining us. So let's dive right in. This is the Patients Come First podcast, and your latest published research paper focuses on intentional compassion in healthcare delivery. The paper is titled, Actions, Style, and Practices, How Leaders Ensure Compassionate Care Delivery, and it provides an overview of compassion best practices to benefit patients, employees, and healthcare organizations. So with that lead-in, can you tell us more about your work and the key takeaways in this research paper?
1: Sure. You know, I think historically we have increasingly recognized that compassion is a really critical component to delivering high quality healthcare. But the reality is, is that patients report that it only happens about half the time. And so something is going wrong, at least in how we try and regularly enact it in the healthcare delivery system. And that's really where a lot of my work that I do comes into play. And it's about really trying to understand what is it that healthcare organizations can do to ensure that that we can regularly show and practice compassion in a sustainable way for patients, but also for everyone who works in a healthcare organization because a lot of the work that I do shows that compassion is really important. It's really good for patients in terms of patient outcomes and things like patient engagement, but it's also really good too for employees people who work on the front lines in healthcare in terms of their well-being. And then there are these trickle-down effects that show that when you do all of these things really well and have compassionate leaders, a compassionate culture, and systems and structure scaffolding, compassionate scaffolding, the organizations really benefit too. So there are benefits for, for everybody. It's a really a win-win-win.
0: And it's interesting to hear you discuss that. Actually, uh, some of my colleagues here at the association in our Center for Healthcare Excellence, which focuses on healthcare quality and safety, and a part of that work is focused on patient experience. They've actually dubbed 2020 the year of patient experience, and they're coordinating a lot of activities with member hospitals and health systems around the Commonwealth focused on patient experience. And it strikes me that compassionate care is a component of patient experience. Would you agree with that? And what are are your thoughts on the role of compassionate care as it relates to patient experience
1: absolutely and that's really where a lot of my work first began so I really began focusing my efforts on really trying to look at that relationship between when patients regularly experience compassion you know what do we see we see things like higher patient experience scores HCAP scores in particular we see it on the hospital side we see higher cap scores on the ambulatory side And so I really started to see these little signs and evidence that suggested that compassion actually really seems to be valued by patients. But we also see too that, you know, it's good for patient outcomes. There's evidence that suggests there's immunological benefits to patients who regularly experience compassion at the bedside. They're more compliant. They take their meds. They're more engaged in their healthcare. And so. Compassion really is a cornerstone to patient-centered care, which is a direction that we have been moving thankfully for, for quite some time. But the reality is that compassion, while important, can potentially take a toll on the people who are expected to provide it. It can be a really powerful tool. It can be very helpful to patients. It can be very helpful to providers. But you have to have the right support system for everyone who's working, especially on the front lines in healthcare delivery organizations. And so I think that's really been the greater challenge for a lot of healthcare organizations over the years is that we talk a lot about showing compassion, but we haven't given as much attention to taking care of the people who are taking care of the patients. And until we start doing that more regularly and reliably, it's going to make that goal of really delivering high-quality patient-centered care where patients really feel like it's a high-quality experience where they're getting whole-person care, almost an impossible task.
0: And you talked about the toll on providers who are working with patients uh, who are hospitalized. And I think that brings up an opportunity to talk about the current situation that we're all experiencing, especially frontline health care providers. And that's the COVID-19 pandemic, which continues to be a public health concern, even as states move forward with opening, with reopening, I should say. And given the unprecedented nature of this crisis and how it's upended normal life and the strain it's placed on so many people, these are very stressful and, and uncertain times. And so when nerves are frayed, compassion is all the more important. So what guidance do you offer for clinicians, caregivers, and health leaders about compassionate care, particularly during this time?
1: So I think compassion is really a critical in order to help healthcare organizations and everyone who's working in healthcare organizations really try and sustain the delivery of high quality care. And so this is really where this research paper that just came out that I did with Tim Bogus comes into play. It's about really reminding leaders, healthcare organizations that compassion starts at the top and that what leaders do can very much ensure the ability to sustain high quality care. And the reason I say that is because leaders set the tone They're the ones that remind people what is expected, how they should behave, and being good uh, compassionate role models it really reinforces the appropriateness that high quality care is not just about the technical aspects of care, but it's about showing compassion too. But it's also about, do they have the structures and systems in place to take care of those healthcare professionals who are working under an incredibly high level of stress and strain based on the nature of the work itself, generally speaking, but especially now with COVID-19, you know, with the seriousness, obviously of the virus the requirements for how they have to deliver care, concerns around shortages of PPE, having to make tough decisions, you know, that can result in moral distress, rationing of healthcare, for instance, when they don't necessarily have all of the supplies they need and they have to decide which patients receive certain treatment options and which don't. And that weighs on people. Healthcare work is already hard. We already see an epidemic of burnout, high levels of stress and strain. You know, even, you know, doctors, nurses, people who work with a lot of frontline patient contact are already at a higher risk of depression. Suicide. So we need to do a really good job of taking care of them during normal times, but when we increase the stress and strain in their work environment, this is really where leaders have to step up and say, what else can we do to take really great care of our employees so they can take great care of our patients? And that's where having that compassionate culture being a servant leader, regularly modeling compassion, rewarding it, recognizing it, bringing compassionate resources. And what do I mean by that? Hiring people who are going to show compassion and celebrating it in the workplace, but having also structures in place that provide support to people who work in healthcare organizations who are struggling, whether it's dealing with personal issues going on at home, maybe they're having a really hard time with you know, their kids are out of school, not having childcare. They've got a sick family member, you know, who's also dealing with COVID-19 in a very personal way, but also because of the work itself, right? Just the number of hours that are people having to work Watching, you know, really, really healthy people get really sick. Those things take a toll. And when there are the mental health, emotional resources available that can be rapidly deployed to individuals, to units that are struggling because of the traumatic nature of the work, especially during COVID-19, those are going to be the organizations that are going to be able to sustain and reliably deliver healthcare because they're taking care of their own.
0: Some really good insights there. And uh, I think that people who listen to this, particularly those in healthcare leadership, will be able to derive uh, some really good lessons from your your commentary. So I appreciate that very much. Before we go, Dr. McCullen, I have a few other questions for you just to give listeners a bit of a sense of who you are beyond the work that you do. The first question is What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given and why is it important in your life?
1: Hmm, That's a great question. Um, Being authentic being authentic to oneself and always making sure to do the right thing, not the easy thing.
0: That is good advice. Follow your moral compass. So the next question, and this is an imaginary scenario, let me preface this by saying that, but in that imaginary hypothetical scenario that you found yourself on death row, what would your last meal be?
1: Uh, (laughs) Gosh, that's tough. I grew up out in California, so uh, incredibly partial to great Mexican food, which love Virginia, love all of the restaurants here, but that's probably something that I'm very much missing is some really fantastic Mexican food that I could pick up from a restaurant out there.
0: And, and what's your favorite dish? Are we talking burritos, tacos, tamales? What's your one pick?
1: I love good mole.
0: Okay. And then the next question is, typically at this point of the podcast, we'd ask you to give us your picks for one book, one album, and one movie that you would take with you to keep yourself company if you were stranded on a deserted island. Uh, So this is sort of the castaway question. We'd still love to hear your picks on that. But first, what I'd like to ask you is, since we are in the midst of a public health crisis, at the end of a long day, what's the one comfort for you that helps you de-stress and unwind whether it's uh, watching a mindless tv show or listening to your favorite song or taking a walk around the neighborhood or spending time with family what's the one thing that helps you decompress at the end of a busy day during this period of time
1: so one of the things that I've really enjoyed the most, and, and I've, I'm have i very thankful and very fortunate that I've been able to work from home uh, while my children have been out of school and, and, and daycare, is just the extra time with them that fills my cup. And every evening after dinner, we get on our bicycles. I have a almost a 12-year-old and a 3-year-old. So my oldest gets on her bike, I get on mine, and my littlest one uh, hops in this little sidecar bike trailer that we have, and we go for bike rides. And it just really helps fill my tank, uh, being outside and being with them and just enjoying the simple things.
0: Okay. Well, that does sound like some good family recreation time. And then finally, before we go, what are your picks for one book, one album, and one movie that you would want in your personal survival kit if you found yourself stranded on a desert island?
1: That is a really tough question. So I'm an avid reader. So it's very hard for me to pick one particular book above all other books that I... (laughs) couldn't take any of my others. Uh, You know, one of the books that I think I really enjoyed, read it years ago. It's a book by Vikram Seth, A Suitable Boy. I like historical fiction, so it's a great story, but it's also an incredibly long book, so that would probably tide me over for a little bit. In terms of movies, I'm assuming on this deserted island I have electricity. So more recently, probably the wonderful movie, the RBG movie on the basis of sex was quite good, but a classic that I think most people enjoy is Shawshank Redemption. So Mm -hmm. can't go wrong with that one. I hope I can make it across the border. I hope to see my friend and shake his
0: hand. I hope the Pacific is as blue as it has been in my
1: dreams. And then I think you mentioned an album. Oh, goodness. I love Nora Jones and I find her music very relaxing. So to keep me calm and sane if I'm never getting off that island, maybe come away with me.
0: Wait until I saw the sun. I don't know why I didn't come. Okay. All those are great pictures. And I will say about Nora Jones that I always appreciated the song December. It's one of those, in my view, one of those great sort of non-holiday holiday songs
1: yeah it is she's just uh, incredibly talented
0: okay well with that that's going to bring us to the close of another episode of the virginia hospital and Healthcare association's patients come first podcast series if you like what you heard please be sure to leave us a five-star review on apple podcast and subscribe so that you know when new episodes are released and thanks once again to our guest dr laura mcclelland of vcu for joining us today thank you
1: thank you so very much